Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kuyk. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Denise Kagan. Denise started her first company while still working as a QA manager at Coca-Cola. After a year of doing both, she moved on to becoming a full-time business owner at DC Services. She grew DC for 10 years, selling it in 2011. At that time, Denise established a second and third company. Only one of those remain today, which is her current business, DCA Virtual Business Support. She attributes her success in navigating the business world to her strong operational and management style and incredible business advisor. Denise has ran her business with remote teams, and that's what we're talking about today. How to keep remote teams motivated, so that way they want to continue being your team member and continue producing outstanding quality work. So many people are looking to work remotely today or at least have some sort of hybrid position that allows them to work remotely majority of the time. So chances are, even if you don't have remote employees, you will sometime throughout owning your business. And remote employees can be just as productive and just as effective and just as connected to you and your business as in-office team members. So let's jump into the conversation and hear all about Denise's tips on how to have strong, motivated remote teams. Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me here today. Yes, I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Before we jump into everything, can you take a few minutes and introduce yourself and your business? Sure. Um, As you said, my name is Denise Kagan. I am physically located in Richmond, but my work can be done anywhere. Um, Business name is DCA Virtual Business Support, and as the name suggests, we're virtual, we're all remote, Um, and we provide support for small business owners, primarily three different areas, administrative, uh, marketing, and, and graphic design and social media, so that's the creative, and then WordPress work. Thank you. All right. So I love that, you know, you do everything virtual because that's where things are going nowadays. More and more positions are becoming virtual or have the ability to have some sort of flexibility in there. So maybe a hybrid in office remote position. And I know one of the things that I get all the time is for people who have always worked in office or have always had their staff in office, it can become a little scary because they think about, I'm not going to see everybody every day. How do I keep people motivated? How do I make sure people are staying productive? How do I build the same sense of culture? How do I do everything to really continue what we've all, we're always used to in person in a virtual manner? So I'm so excited to be diving in and asking you all these great questions about 
being virtual. So one of the things I want to ask you before we jump in is when you were starting your business, did you always know you were going to do things virtual or did you have in your head one day I'll get an office and have a team with me in office? So the short answer is no, I did not realize that we would be virtual. Now, I started my business in 2011, so we're a little bit over 10 years old. The, when I initially started the company, the full legal name is Denise Ken Assist Inc. And the intention was to do personal assistance and professional assistance. Well, the personal assistance took off really quickly and I had fun with it for a couple of years. Loved spending other people's money and, and doing things with, with that. But the entrepreneur in me kicked in and realized that it wasn't really a sustainable growth model. Okay, so about two years in, around 2013, I rebranded to DCA Virtual Business Support. And the DCA is literally just the full name, Denise Kinesis. <laughs> um, and we started going remote in 2013. So um, it's been a long time, but it wasn't at conception that I realized that this is how the, the business was going to work. Right. Yeah. And then, so how you know, jumping right into a question I get all the time, how do you keep remote team members motivated? What keeps them going and excited when you're not seeing them all the time? You're not having those one-off conversations in the hallway and you want to make sure that they're, they're happy. You know, you hit right on one of my three points. Uh, your very first thing is you, you actually need to allow them time for connection and business owners really struggle with this, uh, and especially small business owners, for a couple of reasons. One is it might be a new environment to them. Two is a lot of times their remote teams are contractors, not employees. And so the mindset is like contractors only pay for deliverables, not for your time. Well, that's a gross negligence in valuing them, let me just say. <laughs> um, so really providing a means and a way for them to feel valued um, and giving them that time where they can make connections. It could be something as simple as a icebreaker at your team meeting. So you're not, you know, scheduling every single minute on your agenda for, you know, this, 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 and this, all the work stuff. Um, you're scheduling time for them to get to know each other. You're allowing them, hey, go ahead and clock in, you know, five minutes earlier or whatever, and jump on Zoom or Teams or whatever it is that you're using to, you know, talk to the other people. Uh, the other thing that we do specifically is in our new hire orientation, we actually have to meet with other team members. Sometimes it's for a specific training, but sometimes it's literally just, hey, we want you to meet your sister team leader, okay? And we call it sister because the two leaders are both females. <laughs> I, suggest, I, I suspect we may need to make that a gender neutral term at some point. Yeah. I love what you said about like just logging on a few minutes early. Um, obviously this example here wasn't virtual, but it was an in-person team that I led back in the day in corporate and we had daily huddles and the daily huddle, I think started at nine 30 technically on the calendar, but I didn't always start leading it until probably like nine Oh three, nine Oh five, because mm -hmm. the team would get together and they would just start talking and they were bonding. And it was something simple of like, 
a Monday morning, they're talking about what movie they went and saw that weekend. And a bunch of them had kids that so talking about families and stuff like that. And it was just like, just watching that bonding was great. And it made it so the team really felt connected to each other. So that way they wanted to jump in and support each other. They wanted to be that really cohesive team. And I felt like other teams that I saw where they just, it was like nine o'clock, we jump in, we get the business done we get off as quickly as possible. Everyone goes back to their desks and they didn't have that opportunity to really connect as people. They really weren't a cohesive team. When someone was out of the office, it was like pulling teeth to get someone to back them up and, and all these things. And I was like that, that little time went such a long way. Yeah. It's if you equate it to say, for instance, you're a small business owner and you do networking meetings, what's the most valuable time of the meeting? It's not the lunch. It's not the speaker. It's the time before that when you're shaking hands, getting to know people in the time after that. It's not the meeting itself. And it the same applies in your business. It's not your daily huddle or weekly huddle or whatever it is. It's the time before and the time after that creates those relationships. And some of the positive outcomes that I've seen from this is my team will collaborate and I'm going to put in air quotes behind my back, meaning that I don't have to direct it. They're doing it. And it's just something that happens naturally. Okay. Right. So in this case, behind my back was a good thing. (laughs) Right. Right. It's because you don't have to be involved in everything. Like, and you shouldn't be involved in everything. I always say if you t- if you took all your time that you were spent doing the task and now you're spending all that exact same time managing the task and managing the team members that are doing the task, you didn't hire the right people and you're not letting go and you're not delegating the right thing. You should be saving time because you have a team. And if you had to be involved in all that collaboration and, and kind of force it, what would be the point of having the team members? Absolutely. I agree 100%. Yeah. One of the things I like how you said is when you're talking about networking and that time before and that time after the presentation, I am a part of a business group that obviously went 100% virtual because of COVID. And it would drive me crazy that there was no networking time before or after when we'd get on for these presentations. And it was like, they'd keep us all in the waiting room. And then it was like, bring us in right as the presentation was going to start and the presentation would be over. And then it'd be like, okay, goodbye. And I'm just like, wait, like this is a group where there used to be a lot of connection and collaboration. And I'm like, what's the point of me showing up live if I could just watch a replay and get the exact same experience? And, and finally they they started realizing like, oh, you guys actually want to talk and collaborate and you want to have that networking. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. we're like, yes, yes. We're not just here to, to watch the presentation. Like we are a group that know each other. We want to connect. Absolutely. And one of the greatest platforms that I've found for that is actually Airtable um, or AirMeet. Airtable is a di- totally different. Tool. <laughs> I was like, Airtable, <laughs> how do you use that? So AirMeet. <laughs> AirMeet. Um, it allows you to set up a meeting that is presentation style, but you can add in aspects of networking. And they have two different styles of networking. You can set it up as tables where people go from table to table. Um, the way I set it up was I had table hosts and they were sponsors of the event. This was a business owner event specifically. Um, and then you also have the, the random like speed networking matching that's going on. And you can have them both go at the same time if you have a large enough group, or you can pick one or the other. Yes, yes, I love that. And I love those things where it's just kind of like, 
throw it, throw it in, get to know each other and kind of move on. Like I was a part of those things where it's like that online speed networking. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you really, you're forced to have those quick conversations. And, and for me, for me, I'm not always the best with small talk when I'm in a new situation. I'm like, I, I don't know you, what do I say? Like, and so for them, like those quick little like speed networking things is like, all right, we just got to get down to business, be efficient. What do you do? What do I do? Like, let's connect really quickly. Cause then we're, we know we're moving on. And a platform like that within a business for employees and team members, you can actually use it for problem solving, brainstorming. You can give them a question and say, okay, we're going to do random matches for the next, you know, 10 minutes. You'll get to speak to two or three different people. Okay. It doesn't have to be super time intensive, but you'd be surprised at what people can come up when they're just giving that individual collaboration time. Ooh, I love that because that's one thing I hear about all the time is how are people supposed to collaborate in a remote environment? And I'm like, people, it's been happening for years. You have companies that are 100% remote. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you're used to getting together in person and having a whiteboard and sticky notes and writing a million things down. I'm like, there's ways to do it in virtual environments. And I love what you said, like even using that kind of that, that speed networking thing to get people together and like, let's just bounce ideas off each other for five minutes, talk through it. And that one-to-one manner is I feel like one of the issues that people face is they're like, okay, we're going to have this Zoom meeting and we're 10 of us are going to get on this meeting. And then what happens? Typically you have one or two people that do all the talking and other people feel like they can't get a word in and they don't get their ideas out. And you have some people that are maybe more introverted and people that are some other people that are more extroverted and the extroverts sometimes run the conversation and the introverts are like, by the time I get my thoughts ready to say something, someone else is already saying something or you've moved on. Mm-hmm. So having those opportunities where you can set it up where they can quickly get in small groups and hash out ideas and stuff like that is a great way to collaborate in a remote environment across your team for brainstorming. Absolutely. And it, what you said about whiteboards and sticky notes, a lot of the technology has that now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think even like Zoom just recently came out. I thought saw a feature where you can have like a whiteboard feature there. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of times when I'm on client meetings, And it was like some of those things where it used to be like, let's get out the sticky notes and write down like all the roles and responsibilities. And we're going to like mix and match as as we're doing like reorgs and stuff. And it was like, we use mural a lot now because it's like Mm -hmm. sticky notes in a virtual environment. So Mm -hmm. it's like, there's so many tools out there that allow you to do what you used to think you could only do in person. Absolutely. And and technology is really key to keeping your um, team motivated. Like with any team, if they don't have the tools they need to do the job, they're going to be less pleased with the job in general. So keeping them up to date on technology, and that doesn't mean just providing them the technology, it actually means training them on it and sharing updates when they happen. Uh, We're in the Microsoft uh, 365 environment, and there's always changes in that. So keeping my team abreast of those is extremely important. Right. Exactly. You know, that's one of the things. Um, so for scheduling, I use Calendly in my business. And I will admit when I first was looking for a scheduling tool, I didn't use Calendly because it didn't have some features that I wanted. So I used a different system and I forget exactly what the reason was, but one of the days I was like, let me shop all my systems again. Let me make sure I'm using the right thing. And I switched over to Calendly. And one of the things I love about Calendly is they're always coming out with something new. There's mm-hmm. sometimes where it's like, you know, it'd be nice if they had this feature and then they have it. And like learning about these new things. And it's like, how can we use these as a team and everything to get done what we need to get done 
for some of the things we used to have to do manually. So tools are always coming out with something new. And, and I know sometimes things don't get to the top of the list, but submit suggestions if you want something new in a tool, because if enough people want that, they'll prioritize it on their new releases. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. So, okay. So we talked about a few tools there to kind of keep people together and collaborate and connect. Any other tools that you would highly suggest for people that are working in a remote environment? So not tools per se, but things that I think are very much best practices for keeping people motivated. Um, Frequent feedback comes to top of mind. And frequent feedback, it can come in a couple different varieties. It can be very informal. My team does weekly check-ins, particularly in their first 90 days. After that, they usually go to every two-week check-ins. And my leadership team does a weekly check-in with me. So everybody is connected somehow in this web in our business. So, and that's usually informal feedback, a little bit of training, sometimes just connecting and seeing what's going on with the family. You know, several of our team members have had COVID or their families have COVID. So checking in with them and making sure they're okay. Um, And then there's more formal feedback. The one thing that in a remote environment, I highly recommend at least biannual evaluations. And the reason why is you need that time to collect everything that you've talked about in those informal things and present them formally. And honestly, it should be nothing different than the same conversations that you've had, but made a little bit more concise, rolled together, recognizing any patterns that are weak points or strengths and guiding them towards what you need. Um, that formal evaluation should be a surprise to the person. And of course, unexpected feedback. Now, unexpected feedback, a lot of people think, oh, that's when somebody screws up. Nope, not always. Um, We do something called shout outs, okay? And we post it in teams, in our general team, and we tag the whole team. And we do like, whoa, shout out, Jackie just found $10,000 worth of unpaid invoices for her client. Well, Jackie's an admin, not a bookkeeper. That was a huge find because that wasn't even her responsibility. So, so that, you know, that type of feedback is also really important. Make it immediate. I mean, we posted it literally like an hour or two after the client sent the email to me just because we wanted it to be very timely and make sense. Yeah. And I think that that's so important, especially you when you have really good team members they're sometimes high achievers. They're doing their job. Some of these things, they don't see the impact of their actions because their mind, it's like, well, why wouldn't I do that? You know, it's something that's part of my job. I'm going to do well. And when you start calling out these things that they're doing well, that maybe above and beyond, it makes them realize the impact that they are having. And it's not just them moving through the motions. I remember a team member once where, she was, she was completely surprised with some of the feedback that I gave her. And I think the conversation went, but isn't that part of my job? And I'm like, not everyone does that. Not everyone does that. Like you're taking it above and beyond, but for her, it was just part of her every day that she wasn't realizing how much more above and beyond she was going. I think stating the the impact to the clients is super important. And, And you touched on that. And it also is a way of motivating other team members, Um, sometimes it creates a little bit of competition, which is okay on a 
small level, it's healthy. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's also just awareness, like, oh, wow, they're doing that. Wow. And that client, they must be super happy. So I, I think, I think as often as you can pat people on the back and the times to make it public when it makes sense to make it public, you should do it. Yes, yes, exactly. And I think what is really important, um, especially if you have a smaller team and your team member is helping out with stuff and maybe they're helping out more behind the scenes. So your client doesn't always know what they're doing versus what you're doing. And you're still that main point of contact when that client calls out something that they're really pleased about and really happy about not personally taking all the credit, like making sure you're mentioning that team member in there as well. So that way your team member can see you being like, you acknowledging to the clients that they contributed to that success. And they're a part of that positive feedback that was received. Yeah. I literally just had the same exact thing happen today. A client emailed, like, it emailed me and said, oh, thank you for making the suggestion. I wasn't sure I wanted to do it at first. And I replied back. I was like, that actually wasn't my idea. That was, you know, this person's idea. They actually messaged me through teams while they were out on vacation and said, Hey, you should ask them to do this. <laughs> so, and, and that person was also CC'd on the email. So I, I, I wanted, you're right. You know, making sure that you're giving credit where credit's due um, to, to, to motivate them. And so to, to kind of foster their creativity. Yeah. And you don't want to be the boss that steals all the credit and people are like, well, what's the point of me doing it? I'm not going to get any recognition for it. So precisely. Yeah. So create that, that nice positive environment. So tell me this, and maybe you've experienced this, maybe not. If you're having team members in that remote environment that start to seem disconnected and how do you bring them back into the fold? So they're, they're motivated again. Well, the first thing of course is conversation. Um, just sharing with them what you've observed. Okay. For instance, if your observation is that, you know, they used to engage on teams or, you know, with your icebreakers in your team meetings and you're not seeing them engage anymore. Um, maybe they're turning on assignments late or it doesn't seem like they're attentive to details. Be honest. Tell them, you know, honest and kind. Those two need to go hand in hand. Okay. Be honest and kind about how you present it, but let them know, like, I've observed this. Okay. I language goes so much further than you language. Uh, you language for those who are listening are, you are not engaging. You turned in assignments late. I language is, I noticed that, you know, you didn't respond to this in the past. That's something that you would have responded to. Okay. So it's, a, it's telling them the same thing, but switching the language around so it doesn't feel accusatory. So bringing that to their attention and then not being the leader and feeling like you have to talk and be quiet and let them talk. <laughs> Sometimes you'll discover that they've got something going on and it may not be anything related to work. Sometimes you'll find out, I've had team members tell me like, you know, hey, I've had a full-time job offer and I'm kind of, yeah, I really love being here. I just, you know, my jobs are all part-time. So, you know, they're considering and weighing the options and I always encourage them to do what's best for them. You know, yes, we're going to have to replace that person and whatever, but, you know, I want to motivate that person and bring them back in if I can, but if not, I also want what's best for them. Right. So, so the first part is communicating and listening to what's going on with them. 
Yeah. And I loved everything you say there, like stating what you have observed and not being accusatory because you never know what's going on. Um, You know, sometimes, sometimes I think people don't notice things in themselves until someone else points it out to them. So instead of being like, why are you doing this wrong? It's like, I noticed this. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice I was falling behind on deadlines, but you know, kind of thank you for, thank you for pointing it out. Cause now it's something I can be conscious about. Um, you know, so I love all that, the way, the way to approach it. And it really is the right way. I feel like you have to be open and honest about it because if you're not, it's not going to necessarily get better. It could, but most of the time it's not. Um, I always say like, if you don't set the expectations, your team members will, and most of the time it won't match your expectation. And I say, when people always talk about, well, team members coming in late and I'm like, well, what did you do about it? Well, I just assumed next time they would come in on time. Okay. What happened the next time they came in late? I still didn't do anything about it because I assumed the next time they would come in on time. I'm like, okay, so you train them that coming in late is okay. And you're not going to do anything about it. So it's like one of those things, like sometimes you have to point it out because it's the only way to get it fixed and to say that this is not okay. And we need to go back to what is okay. Or finding out what is going on and how you can support that person. You know, for instance, it might be something where they have something personally going on that is going to be a temporary thing. And you just need to give them a little bit of grace and space to get past that. Or it could be something going on that is more long-term and you have to figure out how do we work through this? Like you said, them contemplating, do I go to a full-time job or do I stay here? Obviously, if they go to that full-time job, it leaves you with an opening. But as you said, sometimes that's the right decision for your employee. And you got to think of them as people and a whole person versus just the fact that you might lose them. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Um, And I want to point out that even though the way I approach them seemed very soft, you know, there does come a time when you're listening to people that you may have to set those expectations and you touched on that. Um, And it's really important to be clear in your expectations and make your expectations realistic. You know, if they're coming in late, five minutes late, and your expectation is for them to be there on time, don't tell them they need to be there 15 minutes early. Okay. That's not realistic. Um, Right. Especially if you're not going to pay them for that time. That's super not realistic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That whole philosophy is if you're not 15 minutes early or late and I'm like, well, then the start time is 15 minutes early. Like that is when they clock in. That's when they start work. That's when you start paying them. Like what is the requirement? My very first employer was a barbecue restaurant and I was 16 probably. And honestly and truly, if I was not there 15 minutes, they would not let me on the floor. And did they pay you for those 15 minutes? No, ma'am. Mm. Yes, this was a long time ago. <laughs> this was a long time ago. Um, it, 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 it makes me think it's like how much, you know, I'm sure the employment laws were the same then, but me at the age of 16, I, I didn't know any better. And I think sometimes business owners don't know better either. Like they're not really trying to be malicious. They're trying to figure out, okay, I need to make sure my employees are there on time in an environment like that. Okay. If doors are opening at a certain time, we need to make sure there's people there to serve the customers at a certain time. Um, Cause I remember years ago, I was working with a client myself who, you know, they needed their team members there to start. There was a gym, start working with the clients. I think it was like five, six o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And he would tell them, okay, you need to be here 15 minutes early, but he didn't want to pay them until the time the gym was open. And I was like, why do they need to be there 15 minutes early? And he goes, so they're ready. And I was like, but what if they don't need 15 minutes to get ready? I'm like, the expectation should be 
you need to be ready to open the door and greet that first client at, let's say it was 6am that if they need to get there 15 minutes early to take their personal time in order to get ready, because they want to get changed there at the, at the gym or whatever it is, then they get there 15 minutes early. If they're the type of person that can roll in a minute ahead of time and be there still with a smile on their face to open that door at six o'clock. Okay. But I'm like, if you require them to be there at 5:45 for a 6am gym opening, you have to start paying them at 5:45. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> so yeah. And it was one of those things, like it had to be pointed out for him to be like, oh, like I never thought of it that way. And so I feel like there might be things you're doing in your business that are wrong, but you're probably not doing them maliciously wrong. Right. So take the feedback and try to do better. <laughs> sometimes awareness is key. Yes, exactly. Like I said before, like sometimes people don't realize what they're doing is wrong until it's pointed out. And sometimes it needs to be pointed out more than once. I remember, I remember years and years ago, my, my husband told me that sometimes I was a little abrasive with some of my, my feedback. And he was like, if you think someone did wrong, something wrong, like you just like, you're very blunt and abrasive when you tell me. And I'm just like, ah, it's just the way I talk to you. I'm like, it's fine. And then I got that feedback at work too. Like when there, there was a problem with the programs we were working on, I was very abrasive to be in like pretty much it's wrong, fix it. Like, why didn't you do your job in the first place? Not using those exact words, but that's pretty much how it was coming off. And I was like, oh, now I have two people that have told me that this is a problem and it's something I need to work on. I agree. And, you know, I think a lot of young business owners and even older ones (laughs) have gotten that feedback at some point in their career is that, you know, because we tend to be very A-type you know, that's the type that becomes business owners, typically, not always, but we te- come be, tend to be very A-type, very driven. And our method of feedback often is very abrupt or curt. And it's not because we're trying to be rude. Sometimes it's because our mind has moved on to the next thing. And so we're just, bloop, there you go. There's the feedback. <laughs> right. And I think what really uh, was mine was, um, I forget what, uh, assessment it was. I probably have the paperwork here that's stuck in my desk, but it was when it measured you in three different areas. And one of the areas it measured you on was efficiency. And I couldn't get any farther into the efficiency category than I was like, I had like the lowest possible score there, meaning like, I like things being super, super efficient. And to me, like my delivering feedback that way was it's wrong. It needs to be fixed why do we need to take a whole bunch of words to say that's wrong and that needs to be fixed? (laughs) And so for me, it was like that efficiency thing. And I was just like, oh, but it's not coming off the way that I'm expecting. And it's like, okay, let's, to me, I'm like, let's just fix it. And they're like, okay, Jamie, you're being very abrasive. Can you, can you help us out here? Like, you know, sometimes they're like, sometimes it's not our fault that it's, that it's not right. Uh, Let's look at why it's not right. And let's figure out, well, how do we prevent this moving forward? And I'm like, okay, yep. Yep. Let's do that. <laughs> let me, yeah. let me learn. The other thing to consider is that different people communicate different ways and, you know, how they communicate sometimes is how they prefer to receive that information. So for me, um, my, t- my company uses uh, leadership, uh, oh gosh, people styles, and it's about communication styles. And so I'm a typical director. I'm the one who does the very short sentences like, yep, this is what's going on. this is what you do. And that doesn't work for all of my team members. My two leaders, one is an expressive and one is an amiable. 
and the amiable one is probably the farthest apart from me in type of communication. So we've had to work towards me being more patient when she's formulating her ideas. Okay. Kind of goes back to what we had talked about earlier with pairing up people with different styles. Um, and she's learned a little bit to be a little quicker on formulating or be a little more prepared for, because I like to role play with them. They absolutely hate it. But <laughs> I, I think it's one of the best ways to work through situations, to be honest with you. Um, it, it helps you pull out things that you may not otherwise see. And I think that's a great way to develop your team, your leaders. So yeah, that's that, that communication style on how you deliver it is equally as important as, as knowing what your style is. Yes. Yes. I think that's so important. And I think that's one of the, like the power of doing the different types of personality tests and motivation tests. And like all those things is like really learning about your team members. I know a lot of people like to use them during the hiring process. And I always get the question, like, should we use them during the hiring process? And, you know, I have very, very strong opinions. I think most people use them wrong during the hiring process, but I feel like one of the places where um, I say do it is so you get to know your new team member, you know, how to lead them, you know, how to communicate to them because some of those people are going to be very different than you. And as the leader, a lot of times you need to adapt to their style. You need to communicate to them the way that they need to be communicated to. And you need to just be aware of it. I remember back years ago, once again, when I was in corporate and we did, we did that where I, um, was able to learn their motivation style. Like what motivated them? Was it recognition? Mm -hmm. Was it getting promotions? Was it, um, yeah, I forget everything else down there, that list now. But once I knew that uh, the company went through a massive layoff, my team was fine, but my team was scared mm -hmm. because they're like, will this, will another one come and will we be next? And because I knew their motivation style, I was able to calm their fears because I was able to communicate the purpose of the layoff and everything in a way that resonated with them, that showed them that their position was safe or as safe as any position can be within a, within a company, but how this layoff made their position safer in the organization, because I knew their motivation style and what mattered to them and how to connect with them. Yeah. Interestingly enough, what you just described was my final point in keeping people motivated in a remote team. And that is transparency. Okay. What you just said about, I was understanding their style. I was able to communicate why this was happening. So many times in business, we forgot, we forget that they want to know why, you know, they want to connect the dots. Uh, a good example from my company is we had someone um, work on part of a PowerPoint presentation and she really was only working on the copy, but she wanted to see the finished product. And we're like, you know, this was a learning experience for us. We were like, no, you know, we just need you to do this part. And it kind of came out, eh. And we wondered on that and we talked about it. And the same thing came up is that we weren't, even though she only had a piece in it, we needed that communication. We needed that transparency there, okay, about this is the project you're working on. And if, you know, it required NDAs or whatever, we would have to put that in place. But, you know, that, that full circle of communication is really important. I know a lot of business owners right now are going through you know, tightening of belts because the economy is the way it is and inflation is a bit ridiculous. And so it, now is a prime time for you to 
tell your team members what is going on. You know, we, we made a move last month where we, we didn't really cut anything, but we put a few projects on hold that were not income producing projects. And we were very transparent. We told the team like, you know, hey, we have to budget time for this now. Whereas before we felt good now that, you know, all of our clients are watching every penny they spend, you know, and our income has gone down a bit. We just need to be a bit more careful about when we roll these out, where the, the, we roll these out and, and make sure that our budget aligns. They were all fine with it. Right. And I feel like when you're able to be transparent all the time for as transparent as you can be, obviously your employees don't need to know every little thing. You need to figure out what to tell them, what level of information to tell them on that subject. When you do have to make tough decisions, so when you do have to make a layoff, they understand because they kind of were a part of like the journey. They knew what was going on. They knew that maybe the, you had that drop of income um, and like decisions had to be made. It wasn't like coming out of left field of like, what do you mean you have to like eliminate positions where sometimes they know that even though it still impacts them personally, they know that you were doing things to make the right decisions all along and that it was a tough decision for you. You know, so I say always be transparent because it, it helps them value your decisions. It helps them trust you even when the decisions are not, not the ones they wish you had to make. I agree. I went through um, on the other side of it as an employee, um, a layoff situation. And I had just taken this job. It was with a well-known company. And I had just taken this job, moved from Virginia to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I had been there a few months at the most. And they announced that, yes, we're on our management team on a Friday. They did not tell us anything else about it. I was sick. And the manager literally had to call me aside and tell me my job was safe because I was I was beside myself. I was like, I can't believe this. I have a daughter who's a senior in high school. I'm just moved here. I know no one here. And you're talking about cutting our jobs? And they, they were cutting about 50%. They were, that's what they told us. I feel like that situation could have been handled much better because even though they cut about 50% out of the production management, most people, they didn't actually cut that many positions. Um, I, they did cut some, but some of the managers went to different departments and that wasn't explained really well to us. Right. Yeah. Like you need to explain things. You need to make, help people see the why. And sometimes the why is because the economy is changing. There's things you can't control with COVID, you know, two and a half years ago, it was, you know, keep your team members informed. So they know mm-hmm. what's going on they know when you have to make those tough decisions, but, but yeah, so be transparent. It's a way, great way to build those relationships and, and everything across your team. But I want to talk about one more piece of technology before we sure. wrap up today. And this is actually very timely because I was talking to someone else this morning about applicant tracking systems or ATS, the abbreviation for short. And tell everybody what is an applicant tracking system and why it's a great piece of technology to use. So first we use a tool called Eddie HR and there are other ones out there. I believe Jazz HR is one that's also really popular. The ATS or applicant tracking system, it's essentially a CRM for your applicants. 
So in the past where we would have applicants, we would put an ad out, we would get all these you know, applications, and then we might have to track them in a spreadsheet or a Google form. And it became very, very cumbersome to keep up with who was where in the process. An applicant tracking system, as long as it is set up properly, will tell you just like a CRM, they are in this stage, okay? And they can keep them in that stage and you can search for them. So the next time you post a position, you can search for the candidate so that you can say, oh, we, when we stopped the hiring process, we had three people that were scheduled for interviews. Let's go back and call them and see if they are still interested in this position. And they may or may not be, but you already have a starting place. The other thing about it, you can keep all your documentation in one place. You don't have to remember, where do we store the resume? Where's their, you know, I-9 form? Um, actually, the, the system that I use delivers all the pre-hire um, forms to them, fills them out, stores them in there. We can store all of our performance notes in there. It's more secure than doing a folder on a computer. Um, yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. And those two particular products that I mentioned, they are priced for small business owners. A lot of times people think applicant tracking system, they think really big corporate companies. And yes, that's where those types of software started, but there are now ones that are definitely at the price points for smaller businesses. Yeah. And that's one thing, like I know years and years ago when I would say, if people would ask about applicant tracking systems, I'd be like, as a small business, it's not going to be worth your dollar. They're so expensive. They're not built for small businesses. And there's so many things out there that are not built for small businesses, or they have features that you need, but you have to go on this big enterprise package in order to get it. And I'm just like, can we, can we remember that there's small businesses too, that don't have a thousand plus employees who aren't hiring for people, new people like every day and build something for that audience. Absolutely. We have 16 employees and we use one. And I think it's well worth, honestly, some of the automation features and I talk about automation and think it's a great thing to use, but I don't think we should take the human aspect out of our hiring process. But there's a lot of things that it does, like the scheduling pieces. We don't have to spend time having your HR person calling and scheduling or emailing and trying to line up schedules. We actually set it up, interestingly enough, in Calendly, and they have links to each of the types of interviews that they would need to go to, with the exception of our working interview, which is our final one, that somebody will call and schedule with them just simply because it requires what much more time. And so that automation is there. They get automated notifications about, hey, you're on this step. Hey, you're on that step. Um, this is what to expect. And it also puts our interview guide, including all of our questions, in there allows us to attach notes from the interview. So all of the, again, like I said, everything's in one place. Awesome. Yeah. So definitely go and check out that. So it's Eddie HR, right? Mm-hmm. A-D-D-Y-H-R. And the other one I believe was Jazz. All right. Yeah. So, all right, Denise, we have to wrap up for today. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you. The simplest way is on my website, dcavirtual.com. Um, there's lots of things you can do there. You can hit the contact button. You can actually schedule a call with me, which is right beside, uh, the form on the contact page. You can listen to my podcast, which is called nurture small business. Again, you can get all that from the website. So dcavirtual.com. Yes. And all those links will be in the show notes over on growingyourteam.com. So Denise, final question that I love to ask all my guests, 
We've all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us, whether in our personal life or our professional life. Think of a leader or manager that stood out to you and share one thing about them. So um, the leader's name was Melinda, and it was before I entered into my management career. The one thing that she did was um, I was in that particular industry was um, the one that I also referenced with the playoffs early into my career. um, I was not in management. Okay. And so the one thing that she encouraged me was to keep learning. Okay. Go back to school, do, you know, get, get more education, get certified, get degrees. She just encouraged me to keep learning. And that I think is the most valuable thing that anyone has ever done for me in a, in a management position. Yeah. And I think keep learning is always super important. You never know everything. There's always something new to learn or always something to relearn or learn on it from a different perspective. So I fully, fully agree with that. All right, Denise, thank you so much for joining us today on the growing your team podcast. Thank you for having me, Jamie. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business and you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy, and positively impact your bottom line? Then set up time and let's talk because this is exactly how I help business owners like you. When you go through my hire framework, not only will you learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire, but you'll be able to identify and select candidates who have the skills you need and can succeed in the role. Going through this consultant process not only helps you find the right new hire for your current open position, but it teaches you how to repeat this process with every new position you add to your company as it continues to grow. So if you're a small business owner who is ready to hire, has a rough idea of the position you need to add, and you're tired of going through the hiring process only to end up with bad fitting team members, then let's talk. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E at growingyourteam.com or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart and let's talk about your hiring needs. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.